the comic book pit. Okay. Welcome to Comic Book Pit, episode 345. I'm Dan. And I am Scott. And uh, this is a, uh, wow, this is this is some old school stuff right here. This is, uh, this is OG Comic Book Pit. This is, this is how it used to be for many, many years, just me and Scott. It's, it's amazing how many years we, you know, we overcame the technology, I feel. <laughs> at some at points, you know, with Skype and everything, but we, uh, yeah, but we endured is what we did. That's right. So. <laughs> and we, and we are still enduring to this day. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so we are, uh, knee deep in the staycation apocalypse, uh, as, as is most of the world. Um, so we are, we're recording remotely. But we are still recording. We're still going to bring you episodes as you know, as uh, as we as often as as we can weekly. We're still going to be talking about comics and comic related stuff. But I guess you know because we are because everyone is kind of you know at home, kind of sequestered at home for everyone's safety. Um, you know, even though a majority of people at home are working, I mean that's just part of your day. You know, so so what are what are people doing with the rest of their time, Scott? What do you what what are you guys doing? What who me? Like, what? <laughs> I mean, as far as like keeping yourself entertained, what's what are you guys doing to keep yourself entertained? What are you I watching? Mean, what are you reading? What are you doing? You know, we have so many chores now. You know, we have to go down to the river and wash our clothes, <laughs> and uh, you know, put them out on the line, and then you know, grow crops. And no, <laughs> um, right. Yeah, everyone's got it. Everyone's starting gardens now, and but it's kind of funny, you know. You know, and honestly, um, we uh, are eating at home a lot more, so it actually requires a lot more of our time um, as far as you know, buying the food, preparing the meals, and cleaning up, and you know that whole. That's actually a bigger part of our day than it used to be because we just went out to eat a lot, so. Um, so, but, uh, as far as, you know, besides that, I mean, um, been trying to keep busy drawing and, you know, catching up on movies and Netflix, you know, and basically keep entertained and try to not think about everything that's going on. (laughs) So, but, uh, you know, as far as, um, you know, drawing, um, I'm in the middle of seasons of Kaiju Kitty. Work on, you know, the 7x7 seven seven comic Ka- Kaiju Kitty. And we just finished uh, three seasons, which is pretty awesome um, for me. You know, to be on any art project for this long is, you know, a nice change. You know, and actually, it's coming into 2020, it's, it's actually 
probably the best distraction I could have as far as, you know, a little art project to work on whenever, you know, I just need to get my mind off of things. And um, so anyway, uh, there's a new one coming up on, well, the week it starts is April 13th. And there's a whole slew of new comics coming from 7x7comics.com. Um, including co-hosts Sean Atkins and Jared Hepburn. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Like I'm, I'm so I'm like, like super proud of you guys for for keeping with it, and not only you guys, but like the rest of the seven by seven crew. I mean, everyone's just been just killing it lately. I mean, everyone is really I feel like focused. Well, let me put it this way: everybody was focused prior to what we're going through now, but I feel like now that everyone is, you know, like you said, I mean, like you're, you know, you're, you're focusing on this to, um, to not think about the awfulness, but it's also like, you've got this time, you know, so you might as well, you know, it's like, if you, if you wouldn't take advantage of it, it would all, you know, that would, it would be a shame if you didn't take take advantage of it in some way, shape or form. This time is a gift, you know? So that's what I'm looking at. Like, I'm, that's why I'm just like trying to attack all these things that I've wanted to do, you know, for uh, years, just so, you know, like just, I just want to watch this movie. I haven't been able to watch uh, the Bumblebee movie, you know, the Transformer Bumblebee movie. Oh, okay. You know, it was one of them things. Like I watched that and I just watched Baby Driver and nice. you know just other movies and then you know everybody's even about the netflix uh the, the tiger guy oh yeah i so haven't we, we i haven't heard that i haven't decided if i want to watch that yet or not oh it's 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 a train wreck i mean it's crazy but it's if you like documentaries it's good okay yeah but he's but but the stuff that it's like every episode they're like well, you thought you knew everything, but then you didn't know this, you know, and then they reveal like another thing and you're like, what? So it's like seven episodes of that, of, you know, reveals of how crazy people are. So, um, (laughs) yeah. So, you know, it's stuff like that. I'm like, Oh yeah, I'll get to that someday. And it's like, well, some days now, you know, so. Okay. Um, yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know what else, um, you know, trying to stay in touch with people. Yeah. I feel like that's that's really important is, is not losing yourself in this and like forgetting and and forgetting that, you know, you have friends and family out there, you know? Yeah. That's a big thing too. Like I honestly, I forget to call home and you know, I, I think of it and then like all of a sudden it's like 11 o'clock at night and I'm like, ah, and I've actually remembered to call home like on a more regular basis, you know? So I'm just trying to make that more, you know, I'm like, Hey, I'm sitting here. I should call somebody. Yeah. You know? I think I've, I've talked to my parents more in the past week than I probably have in the past, like six months. And, and right. not, not, not that like, it's a bad thing. It's like, I mean, everyone's like, you know, I work like both my parents still work. They're both very active. Like, 
we talk when we can, or if there's something important, it's not like we're ignoring each other, but now that everyone is just home, there's no reason to not like call and check up on people or just to say, Hey, what, you know, I, I feel like everyone's like, you, you start off with, so how are you doing? And then it's like, do you need anything? And then it's like, so, you know, then, then that, that, that's goes into like talking about shopping trips yeah. <laughs> like and 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 what you could and couldn't find at the store <laughs> and then you and then you talk about like how you're keeping busy and corona news yeah yeah like what did you hear about today you know right <laughs> like, well i heard this blah 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 you know? <laughs> um but for on on um he, over here we've um for the past couple saturday nights in a row we've um, we've, uh, done some online, I shouldn't say online game, online gaming sounds is, is misleading. We played games with friends. Uh, we, we actually played a board game with friends. Uh, we, we did like a, a zoom meeting and our friend had set up a trivial pursuit game and like, they were like, we, we would, everyone would roll their own dice and then you know the people who had the game would move would uh, move it. And then um, earlier that week, um, our friend had gone around and dropped off a stack of uh, Trivial Pursuit cards, so everyone could like read card questions to each other. Oh, nice! <laughs> uh, so so we did that uh, two Saturdays ago, and then this last Saturday, um, we tried to do we tried to play an online uh, version of Cards Against Humanity. But I think literally every single person in the world was online Saturday night. Oh uh, yeah. Either like either conversing or playing games or both because the the game was so glitchy uh, that we eventually had to quit because it just wasn't working right. But then I found this uh, app called Psych that um, was a lot of fun to play. Uh, that you could play. It's like a, like an, like an, like a party game that everyone, everyone downloads the app and like one person starts the game and invites everyone else. And then, so everyone plays these rounds against each other and it's, it's a lot of fun. So uh, I would recommend that if, you know, if, if, if you've got a group of, of friends or family and you want to have, uh, you know, just some stupid mindless fun, the uh, it's, it's called, it's, P S Y C H apostrophe. It's called, uh, or not apostrophe, uh, exclamation point. Psych. That's a recommendation. Personally, I've, um, we started rewatching Community. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's on Hulu. Oh, nice. That's, that's a great show. That's one of our favorites. Yeah. Um, I'm actually, I, I, I know yeah, this is a favorite of yours too, but we, I've been tearing through uh, Parks and Rec. Oh, nice. We actually, yeah. we just finished that a couple weeks ago. We, <laughs> we were in the middle of, of watching that again. It's not, I don't, I don't feel like it's old, but it's relatively old. It's probably from the, I guess it would be the early to mid two thousands. Um, the shield. Remember the shield? Oh, yeah. The cop show, the Michael Chiklis. Right. Cop show. That's one of my favorites. Um, I started rewatching that. Uh, well, I started rewatching breaking bad. Uh, see, I, that's one that I, I'm I'm not quite there yet. Even though it's been off the air for like 
a couple years already, like five years. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not there yet. <laughs> I'll tell you this, the reason, and this is like one of these weird things, like how something rattles in my brain and it finally shakes out. And I, I've been watching better call Saul, you know, since it started. Yeah. Um, and they had an episode where Hank was on it. Like the season. The season oh, oh, I loved Hank. Yeah. Right. And Hank, DEA, he's going in, you know, he's doing some work. And the case that he blows up on Better Call Saul is the one that the news coverage is in the first episode of Breaking Bad. Really? Yeah. I was like, what? Like I it was one of those things like I had I watched that episode and then we were looking through Netflix or whatever and I was like, I wanna watch one. I just wanna watch Breaking Bad again. I haven't watched it so you know, since it was on. And boom, there it was. Like it's, you know, it's um, Walt's 50th birthday. Yeah. And, Hank, and Hank's like, oh, here's my news story. Watch this, watch this. And he's like, yeah, we just, uh, you know, recovered $700,000 and all this, you know, of drug money. And it's like, holy crap, that's just what happened on Better Call Saul. So like they're literally like now the timeline is that is starting to overlap. And I'm like, this is amazing. That's awesome. That, that is so cool that how they tied it back around. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to, to relate it to comics, but like when, when comics does that kind of stuff, it's like, Oh my God. Let's, <laughs> let's see what I did there. You know? So good. Um, the other show that I'm, 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 I'm watching, but I'm behind on is uh star Trek Picard. Oh yeah. I haven't, have not watched that yet. And I've heard, I heard it's good. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, from everything I, I watched like the first half of the, like I, I was watching it week in and week out. And then I, I don't know what happened. It has nothing to do with like anything that's going on. I just got something happened in like my, my schedule change or like there was a interruption to my routine. I mean, you know how it goes. It's like one stupid thing interrupts your routine. Next thing you know, you, you, you know, you're like half a season behind. But I feel like, well, this is an opportune time to catch up on that stuff. I haven't watched any movies. I decided to uh, read a couple of books that have been uh, sitting on my shelf for a while. I started reading David Mazzucchelli's Asterius Polyp. Oh, okay. I'm about halfway through it. It's it's pretty amazing. I mean, it's it, it's not something that you can absorb in one sitting. I, I read about half of it, I think, on Saturday. No, it was yesterday. It was Sunday. It was uh, I read about half of it Sunday afternoon, and it's it's just um, it's an amazing piece of work so far. I mean, because you know David Mazzucchelli, I've only known him as the artist on Daredevil, yeah. like when in in the eighties and right. uh, Batman Year One, and a few other things, but. I mean, those are like the most prominent projects I've ever known him on. So I've, I've never really seen his other, you know, any, anything else he's done. So this is just night and day from his comic book work, uh, but not in a bad way. It's just like an evolution of his, of his craft. And as you know, not as just as an artist, but as a writer and the complete opposite. end, I read the first trade paperback of, Hawkman from 2018 
the oh, um, Robert Venditti and Brian Hitch Hawkman. Oh, yeah. It was really good. Like like a deep dive into the character of Hawkman and not that he just re, uh, reincarnates through time, but also space that mm. he is, he is, yes, he like, he existed in ancient Egypt, but he also existed. He, re, you know, there's a, a Kryptonian version of him and there's a version of him that existed on uh, Ran, which is where Adam Strange hangs out. And then there's an old West version of Hawkman and there's, so it, it really is a interesting like dissection of the character in this uh, first trade. Uh, and it was, it's a lot of fun and, and it's, it's fun to see Brian Hitch do just about anything. And what's interesting is like, we primarily know Brian Hitch from, I mean, like he was doing his big splashy work in the early two thousands when uh, on the ultimates. Yeah. And, and uh, and, and the authority, uh, like in, they kind of labeled it as like widescreen, you know, like his action was always like, he would always do like these widescreen panels, Oh yeah. but this is very much a more traditional page layout. I mean, there are, he, of course he does a few like really great big action scenes and like splash pages because it's Brian Hitch and that's kind of what you're paying for. I mean, the guy can tell a story too. You know, it's not just all big widescreen action pieces. So, yeah, that was another one that I caught up on that had been sitting on my iPad for better part of a year. <laughs> so I finally finished that. I went back and reread Tom King's Mr. Miracle. Oh, yeah. Because I feel like I, I think I only <laughs> I thought I had read the whole thing, but. <laughs> I don't think I ever did. I think I only read like the first few issues of it and just assumed I finished it or maybe thought I did because I used to listen to so many other comic book podcasts talk about it. I mean, that was a big book when it first came out. I feel like it was on everyone's like top 10 list. I know. And it's it's on my to read list right now. I have it here. (laughs) It's in my pile. Duke, you got to read it. Okay, I'll move it up. Yes, move it up. Move it, move right. it up the stack. Um, <laughs> Spoil it away, though, because I honestly, just, I always find Mr. Miracle stuff to be kind of confusing to me because I don't really know the character. Well, so I'm not really going to talk about it just because, again, it's it's something that I, I feel like was talked about a lot, and mm-hmm. it was... It, I feel like it's a book that's really hard to nail down in, into like one or two sentences. Like it's, right. it's really, it's, it's deep, but it's, it's like probably the, one of the best look, like the best looks at Mr. Miracle, like as a character, instead of just a, a Jack Kirby creation, he's a, in this, he's a, like, he's a son and he's a father and he's a husband and he's a brother and right. he's a superhero and and he's a he's a performer and he's an entertainer and it's like he's all of these things this was probably one of tom king's best works and as as much as i like kind of hate on him for his batman work his mr miracle man was like it, it, 
the the work that he does on he on these like second string characters like the vision and Mr. Miracle mm-hmm. and now like Adam Strange. I, I don't know I, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because we don't expect a lot from these characters to begin with. I I think I've said it before. This is such a weird comparison, but I, I to me he's like the Mike Judge of comics. Okay. Because because he he dwells on the personalities of the characters. And like that's what excites him about people. Is just the way mm-hmm. they are, you know, and that's I. I think what I've always liked about Mike Judge movies, you know, uh, Idiocracy and Office Space and stuff like that, is that he he just likes to look at it, look at normal, normalcy, and see the odd, and I think that that's yeah. what Tom King does really well with his characters, is to see them in a normal way, but they're exceptional. Right, he takes like what we might consider mundane, and he applies it to a fantastic and larger than mm-hmm. life character. The you know putting taking the vision and putting him in suburbia, yeah, um, Mister Miracle, and like watching him try to organize his one year old son's birthday party. Yeah, there you go. You know, like w- like watching him go to the store to pick up the cake and part and party decorations and balloons. Or Adam Strange at a you know talking to fans at a book signing like just like he you know he just takes he he puts these larger than life characters into ordinary everyday situations. I also it, have the Adam Strange book on my to read pile. Oh, Duke, that's another one. Yeah, so I will pull that as well. All right, it'll be in the next wave. <laughs> Hopefully, not as grim as uh, the stuff I've been reading. So. Yeah, you said you you've, your 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 comics reading as of late has had a uh, a bit of a, a downer vibe to it. <laughs> oh, the other one I forgot because we talked before the show, but the other book that I read uh, was the the new Wonder Woman uh, issue two of that. Uh, oh, Dead Dead Earth. Yeah, I was like, "Are you kidding me? Like this is miserable. Like, but it's awesome. <laughs> but it's miserable. Like I." Yeah, I, I read the first issue of that, and I really liked it. Yeah, I thought we were... Uh, that's. I was like... I know I was wavering. I remember... It's, I know we reviewed it, and I was wavering on whether or not to buy the second one. And mm-hmm. I, I was like, yeah, throw it on there. And yeah, it's a, it's another gut punch kind of book. Um, which led me down this path of reading all these um, apocalyptic-type, you know, related stories. Right. Um, in comics recently. And I'm like, Oh my God, why am I reading all this now? You know, but I'm like, but it's interesting and I need to read it now because what if I don't have a chance later? <laughs> ah! You know, <laughs> well, that, 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 that's a, that's a great way of looking at it. Yeah. I was like, I better do it now. So, um, yeah. So yeah, I did actually read issue two. And if you haven't read it yet, you definitely need to, um, you need to check it out. Yeah, not, I, I mean, you, you know, like that's that's not a just, review. Just everyone. <laughs> yeah. Well, you as a as a fan of uh, of that guy's work. Oh yeah, Daniel Warren Johnson. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah I definitely have to uh, get that second issue. Yeah. Um, 
Well, so what, what were some of the other, uh, uh, Debbie Downer books that you were reading? (laughs) So I, I actually, I think I started with that one. I think I forgot it. Um, that I, I was like, let's, let's knock out Wonder Woman first. And then I went into, um, I finally finished um, Batman Last Night on Earth, which was three. It was basically Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo's, you know, sign off from the Batman. They're like, this is like our summation of everything we've done in Batman. And it was, I, I I don't know. I felt like it was ludicrous. You know, like the story itself, it was mad. It was madcap in some, some ways. Um, but you know, Batman was, um, carrying the Joker's head around with him as an mm-hmm. advisor. And <laughs> I was like, all right, that right out the day out the door is, uh, you know, pretty nutty idea. Yeah. And then, you know, there was a lot of, a lot of issue too, was really just, um, Batman and, and the Joker head, traveling and they made it seem like um it was more in his mind but then it was but then it kind of became like no this is reality like this is really how it is um and then it kind of kind of turned into like we're just going to go for the you know what they did with old man logan in the first place where it was like all this stuff you know things are ruined you know life is terrible and this is where we are now with you know, where Batman's Gotham city is and like, he somehow makes it back. And, um, he, I, I don't, I don't know if I should spoil it. I mean, we've, this book's been out since last fall. Yeah. I'd say it's probably, and, and if you're not going to read it, then I'll just spoil it. But basically the big reveal was that, uh, at some point the real Batman cracked, and um, was trying to, he's like, the only way I can save everybody is if I brainwash them, you know? So he created like this thing and, you know, so it's this old Batman who's been dominating everyone for years. And um, the heroes finally were able to recongregate through like a newer, younger Batman who was born in a vat who had no memories of this. So you steal the idealistic young Batman <laughs> with the Joker head. Okay. And he was now the one that would stop crazy old Batman. And I'm like, huh. what am I, what is this is nuts. <laughs> so, and then I'm like, is this, I mean, it's, it's obviously not real, like to the continuity. Um, and they even gave, <laughs> This is kind of funny, but Joker basically throughout the entire story wanted to be Robin. He's oh, like, I'm, I'm, I'm your sidekick, you know, can I be Robin? And by the end, he actually got a mech suit, you know, that he, it looked like the rap, you know, like the boy wonder. Yeah. Um, but a mech suit. Oh man. And I'm like, this is, this book is nuts, you know? And, and it's basically what I've gotten from Batman lately is, that every fight is a pissing match. Like that every, every single fight that he's in is like, Oh yeah, well you, this is why you never bit me because I have accounted for this. And then Bruce Wayne, you know, the real Batman, whatever. He's like, Oh yeah, well I thought this, 
And then the other one's like, no, but you, I knew you'd think of that, so I thought of this. And it's like on and on and on. And they're like, well, you never considered this. And then it's like, oh, my God, you got me. <laughs> and like, it feels like every Batman book I'm reading now feels like that. Yeah. That I'm like, ah, oh, come on. Like the stakes are so high and everybody's like super, you know, like, uh, like a, I don't know, like a surgeon of, you know, you know, I don't know what, you know, like they're plotting these wars that they should never, they can't plan all these eventualities and they're still like, I'm like, come on. I like, <laughs> this is insane. But, you know, but, you know, it's, it's Scott Snyder and it's basically his, you know, he's metal and he's rock and roll, you know? So, right. And which actually leads me into the other book I finally finished because of the same kind of burnout. I'm just going to put these two together, but, uh, sure. The Batman who laughs number seven, which was, you know, basically it was the real Batman versus the Batman who laughs, who is basically Joker's, uh, evil, in Bruce Wayne. So again, it's another Bruce Wayne versus Bruce Wayne, but this one's like Joker evil. And then, mm. and then it's a pissing match of who, you know, who's the better Batman, blah, blah, blah. I didn't realize uh, that that book even went seven issues. I know. And that's why I actually put bought. I put, I, I didn't read it because I didn't know how long it was going to go. That seems and like it's six it, issues too long. <laughs> yeah. After six, I was like, I'm done. And I'm like, this book is crazy. But I somehow went through my pile. I found number seven. And I was like, hey, this actually does have an ending. I should actually just read it now. Here's here's the spoiler of this one and why I, I honestly can't stand um, the Joker laughs as a character. Mm-hmm. Because, he, because Batman doesn't kill him at the end. Because it's the same story. He's like, ah... The whole problem was was Batman killed Joker. The Joker released this toxin that made him the Joker. That's how the Batman's laughs became came to be. So then here's this he's this nightmarish character from a reality that should never have continued in a dark dimension. Like that's the rules of the, the, the underworld or whatever they call it. Okay. But basically, he should not exist because these are all possibilities, like nightmarish versions of of possibilities that could have happened. They're all born out of a nightmarish possibility. But then they cease after there's no, you know, after the moment's gone, they start to be eradicated. So there is no reason for... So at the end of this, he keeps them alive. Like, he, he takes them and puts them in jail. I'm like, what? Like, he's the most brilliant tactician and the craziest dude you've ever, you know, it's a combination of the two worst things you could ever have in a villain. And, he, and he's like, oh, yeah, we're not going to throw him back to the to the dark world. We're going to yeah. keep him in a jail here. And then, of course, right. you get to the the end and, they, and, he, um, and they're like, oh, uh, you know, read... They're like, you know, the horror continues in Batman Superman number one. I'm like, no, I'm never going to read that. You know? <laughs> and they did it. They did it with the, um, I think they did that with the bat last night on earth as well. 
I just got to double check. Oh, maybe maybe they didn't. They actually did. Get, I will say for that book, they at least gave it a happy ending. But I was like, come on, like this, like this Batman elevated to the end is too much. Yeah, it's too much. Just and yeah. then, <laughs> see, I'm not on my. I'm not done. You know how this is how long it's been since we podcast. But I think. Was it was it my whole canceling episode of like I was canceling and dropping titles? And, <laughs> it might have been, yeah. Um, but so these are this is the wrap up for some of this stuff. I'm, I'm like I am done with these concepts. Like I don't care what they put out now at this point. Like if it says metal tie in or whatever, I'm yeah. Out. So. Well, that's the thing. Like I mean, because and I th- I forget when we talked about this a few episodes back, but like how they're you know Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo are still continuing with their whole metal fr- I don't know if you want to call it like a franchise or like yeah. tie-in or like now they're doing death metal and yeah. I think that it's like like fun in a way like it's like these like crazy uh metal like blah, you know takes on yeah. all the characters but it's like the the metal event went nowhere Right. It was. I feel like it, it. It only existed to feed Scott Snyder's ego, because yeah. I think he was the only one that understood what was going on. Or, you know, it's, face, yeah. And actually, for the art for this book too, I thought that the art was really choppy. Oh, okay. The, yeah, I, I just felt like a lot of panels. I was like, wow, I can't even tell what's going on right here. Mm-hmm. And you know, but the yeah, I thought. Talking about the metal, um, uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it was too much. I'm just, I, I'm, I'm not on board the Scott Snyder train the way I used to be, and that I, I think that happens. I think that with creators, like it, they, you know, their popularity ebbs and flows. Like, I mean, there was a, <clears throat> a long time where we were kind of like totally on board the Bendis train. And then after a few mm-hmm. years, we're like, Oh, we got to, you know, we got to get off this train for a while because we're not enjoying it. Yeah. You know? And then, and now we're back on it with like, you know, everything he's doing with Superman. It's like pretty awesome. And I was on Scott Snyder's, you know, bandwagon for a long time because he was putting out some good books. Um, it, it was a lot of fun, but yeah. it was like the, the party had to end, you know, like you have to, and he, he's like, no, the party will never end. <laughs> it's like, no, it's over. <laughs> yeah, that's the it's 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 the guy who, like, when the party's wrapping up, doesn't get the hint that it's time to go home. Right. And you're you know you're cleaning up the the cups and plates and putting the food away, and he's like, hey man, you want to play some Xbox? And <laughs> yeah. you're like, no, I kind of want to go to bed. <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> that's Scott Snyder. <laughs> yeah. You know what? The finale of uh, of Batman Metal was basically like the cops getting called because that party wasn't going to stop. And then all of a sudden they're like, no, there's a 10th medal. And they just, and they dropped it. And somehow it was a cure-all stop for whatever plan, plan they had. And I was like, what? What's 10th medal? Like, I know you mentioned it once, maybe. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, yeah, 10th medal. That'll stop everything. I'm like, what? Well, and then you know he he took his show on the on the road and and took it to, over to like when they, when they rebooted Justice League for the billionth time, and he was writing it. 
it was basically, from what I understand, like a continuation of themes from metal. Oh yeah, yeah. With, I, like like the source wall, whatever that thing was, and yeah, yeah. He introduced all these concepts, and then he started rolling it out. You know, basically mm-hmm. doing yeah his metal version of the DC universe. Yeah. It was too much. Yeah, it's too much. Too much. Outsiders, too much. <laughs> like, party's over, dude. <laughs> yep. Well, I'll tell you what, like, the party's just starting for me with uh, Suicide Squad. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm keeping it on the on the DC uh, uh, bandwagon here. Um, so, I've never ever cared about Suicide Squad, especially whether it was back in the eighties. I mean, and especially not when it became like just another vehicle for Harley Quinn. When the new Suicide Squad started, one of my favorite writers was writing it, and it's Tom Taylor. He's the guy who, like, back in the day, like he wrote the uh, Injustice tie-in comic, which was really good. That's that's kind of where I first noticed his work. And oh, he he wrote um, the uh, oh he wrote deceased. Yeah, he wrote deceased. He wrote the Phoebe, the X twenty three version of Wolverine. Oh um, yeah, he's a great writer. He's just he's really I, I really get pumped reading his stuff. And so when I heard he was taking over Suicide Squad, I'm like, I'm gonna give it a shot. I'm gonna give that first issue a shot. I really enjoyed it. So I've been reading it uh, and. And number four is um, was a lot of fun because it's like um, they they introduce like um, introduces the wrong word, but they you know he's able to put all these different storytelling tropes together, and it doesn't feel forced. It's like Captain Boomerang shows up, who is not part of Suicide Squad anymore. He's he earned his freedom, but his freedom was contingent on him not talking about the suicide squad, which he does in the very beginning of the book. Uh, but it seems like he's doing it purposely. So someone will come after him for whatever reason. Um, mm. So they, so, you know, they send the suicide squad after captain boomerang who's in Australia. So then it turns into a kind of a road trip story with Harley. The only, the only two recognizable people have been Harley and Deadshot. Because there's this new cast of characters called the Revolutionaries that are, they were their own group from, you know, that were, they were introduced in issue one, but they were then folded into the Suicide Squad because they're technically um, not really criminals, but they're like kind of like, if you want to call them like eco terrorists or something, like they were definitely not superheroes, but they're not like evil, but they committed enough crimes that, you know, the suicide, like the person in charge of task force X was now like, was like, okay, you, you work for us now, or your alternative is whatever prison. Um, so, so you're, you know, we've got these new characters that are all like, you know, within four issues, they're all pretty interesting and pretty well formed. Um, and these are all brand new characters. They're not like, they're not recycling any old characters. You know, so there's there's some humor, uh, but it's not like 
wacky slapstick Harley Quinn humor. I mean, it's it's actually written well. It's it's not just your typical oh Harley Quinn's being wacky for the sake of being wacky. You know, she's a she's a goofy character, but she's you know she's written well within the context of these other characters, and they actually these these people are all criminals, but Harley and Deadshot they they have kind of a bond because a the other new people outnumber them and B like they're the only two people that are left from like past incarnations of the suicide squad. Mm. So they're kind of like kind of try and hang together, you know, and then we see that, you know, captain boomerang is, you know, the target. So it's interesting to see, like to wonder like, okay, they're going after him. Is he going to join the team? Is there something else going on? Like there's, there's a lot of questions that they're bringing up that haven't been answered yet. Th- this has just been a fun book. Uh, uh, like right. I said, you, you don't have to be a fan of, of the team, like of, of a past suicide squad books or Harley, or this is just like a fun, well-written team book. And, and the art has been amazing. Just really good from issue one. Yeah, I can't believe I'm like recommending Suicide Squad uh, again because I think I recommended the first issue too. Yeah, this is just I mean, hey, credit where credits due, man. This is a this is a fun book. Um, I have not watched the uh, Harley Quinn movie yet, the new one. I have not either. Okay, but I I kind of want to because I keep hearing. Like I think more and more people that see it are are pleasantly surprised by it, and you know, like a, a few weeks ago, um, Kate and Link talked about it, and they were they both raved over it. So, you know what? I that's actually going to be one of my uh, movie missions for this staycation apocalypse is okay. to catch up catch up on all the DC movies. Um, because I haven't watched Aquaman. Oh, and Justice League. Really? Yeah, and Harley Quinn. And I don't know if there's any in there in between. But um, you seen Wonder Woman? Wonder Woman, yes. Okay, that's, that's that's where I. I don't know. Like I, the first that Suicide Squad movie really did not impress me. <laughs> and I've I've rewatched it on TV, and I'm like, you know, like there's there's just a lot to be desired with that movie. Like, it's just been ways that it could have been better. Um, oh yeah, a lot of ways. It's like they had all the ingredients there, but they just didn't make make it right. Um, yeah. Felt, so, I've I've never felt any need to go back and watch Suicide Squad again. I I will watch like Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey. Um, I will, I will never like, unless it's happens to be just on TV when I'm, you know, know, or if someone else is watching it and I'm, you know, in the same room, but I will kind of how, yeah, I've I've taken bites of it, you know, just to kind of check it out again. But I'm like, yeah, like this, this had some good concepts, but also it, it just, I don't know why it just fails, you know, like they they just, it's just like, could it? Is it in the wrong order? You know, who knows? But uh, yeah. So anyway, so that's one of my things. Though is like, 
I have a lot of DC stuff to catch up on. So I'm going to try to catch up on those, those movies in particular. Okay. And I, I get reminded because they're constantly on, like, you know, on television and mm-hmm. I'm like, Oh, there's uh, yeah. oh no, I don't want to watch, uh, you know, the justice league movie yet because I don't want to watch <laughs> it on TV. So, yeah. um, so yeah, that's definitely on my list. That's uh, one that justice league is actually one that I've, uh, you know, it, it definitely had some issues, um, but I I find myself wanting to go back and rewatch that one. That's like out of all the DC movies, I, I really haven't rewatched too many. Uh, well, I should say the, the the DC extended universe movies. I've rewatched Man of Steel and Batman v Superman. Mm-hmm. And but to actually sit down and do a rewatch from start to finish, I don't. No, I think Wonder Woman no. is the only one I would do that. I thought Wonder Woman was excellent. Yeah, um, um, I, I watched Aquaman once. Um, I'm good. Yeah, <laughs> after See, that. that's why that's why I haven't watched them yet because it's like there's just no. Um, everybody's kind of like, yeah, they're yeah, they're good, they're good, you know, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Actually, I, you know what? The only one I haven't seen, I keep forgetting about, is uh, Shazam. Oh yeah, I did see Shazam, and that was uh, enjoyable. But I, yeah, I, I, I just have a minor gripe about it, and it's just the, it's just the whole um, DC universe and the, uh, the, the grim and dark that they do. Mm-hmm. Um, they do it at the beginning, like they just try to make it, and I'm just like. Like this is supposed to be more of a fun movie and don't come in so heavy. You know, I guess that was basically my gripe about it. Yeah. Like it kind of came in, you know, grim. Um, but I'm like, but you know, all the DC movies are grim. So, um, you know, which I just don't like that, that look that they gave it, you know, overall, what are you going to do? Yeah. Well, you know, you know, that's, <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like, you know, that's, that's the tone that Zack Snyder set for the initial movies. And it wasn't until wonder woman that, you know, wonder woman broke kind of broke out from that. Um, yeah. Th- that kind of, I mean, even though it was set during world war one, which was in and of itself, a very grim <laughs> setting. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the character was, kind of a, a shining beacon of hope. Right. The whole during idea that was time. the hero was able to rise above it. Like that's yeah, I exactly. think with H. But but to me in the other ones they're always in down in it. <laughs> you know the quote. Right. <laughs> you know, they were up above it but now they're down in it. <laughs> um, they, were, they were nine inch nails. Yeah. But that's what I get from a lot of the other movies. It's that they're just they're just in the they're in the soup. You know, and they they no, they don't really rise above. The, it's more like they survive. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. I I don't know. It's not very heroic. Sometimes it's just like oh, they just you know, right? Just another day. <laughs> but yeah, who knows? I don't know. Uh, getting off that DC train. Yeah, do it. So, yeah. Um, and and my my books of world-ending events. I think I talked about this before, so I'm not going to go into it real big, but 
American Jesus, um, number three of three. So this is it already. Was an awesome read. Um, Mark Miller took, he basically, with this book, took real life things that happened, like newsworthy events, and weaved this story about the return of the Messiah. Um, where in the in his previous book it was the I think called the Chosen. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that. And and you while you're reading it, you're led to believe that the Chosen is, you know, Jesus reborn. But then you find out that it's actually the Antichrist at the end of the, the three issues, and you're like, what? You know, like this kid was, you know, he's chosen, but he's chosen by the devil. So this is the three issue book where they find. The counterpart, you know, um, this girl is the new Messiah, the new Jesus. Okay. And she's actually raised, um, you know, among different, uh, among different things in history, but she was actually raised in Waco at the compound that was seized and attacked in the news. Oh, okay. So the way they did it is, um, you know, the, the cops in it, or, you know, like basically everybody that stormed uh, the Waco compound, you know, David Koresh and everything. Right, Koresh? Um, yeah, that's it. yeah, yeah, that was him. That was his gang. gang. Um, but basically, they were really protecting the new Messiah. And they were actually being attacked by the, the devil's minions. <laughs> you know, oh. so, so when the shootout happened, they actually just murdered them. You know, like they could have taken them all into custody, but they actually just shot them. And so they make it, you know, and then she gets away. And, you know, they they do this through, um, I can't remember what they did in the 70s, but there was also nice, there were some nice links throughout, um, you know, the news history uh, and brought it up to the present day where she is now basically embraced who she is. So it's, it's such a fun read, you know, and, and just three issues. <laughs> it was pretty easy. But, uh, but so then he just leaves it there. He's like, yeah, that's the end of this book. So, uh, you know, who knows when, you know, the next part will come out, which is probably, you know, the, the fight, you know, between these two characters that they've, he's developed. Um, and he's just like, yeah, who knows when that'll be, but you know, like who knows what now, who knows what news events is he going to use to make it more relevant too. Right. And I'm like, you know, with everything going on now, it's like, he'll, I'm sure he's going to write some way into this, you know, in a year he'll be like, yeah, this is why, uh, you know, the virus attack, you know, blah, blah. Yeah. It's going to, it's, it's interesting to see or to think what, just in general, I mean, so many things are going to change after this event. Pop culture, like storytelling, movies, TV shows, books, comics, it should be pretty interesting. I actually did. That's you know, just to come back around to um, my Kaiju Kitty comic, and if you read the most recent one, I, I actually tied you know some relevant Pittsburgh news into the story. Which oh, I'm, I'm I'm behind on it. I'll have to catch up. Okay. Um, basically, 
I, I mean, it's no biggie, but basically, um, uh, because I start with this, this cat who gets powers, the cat isn't able to tell you where he is, you know, like, so I never, I never wanted to establish where he was or when it was or anything like that. It's just basically from a cat's point of view. Um, but he's gaining this, um, you know, smart, you know, he's getting smarter. And, um, but by the end of the third season, he, it's revealed that he's in Pittsburgh because he, uh, may or may not have been involved in the, uh, Pat bus that fell into the ground, <laughs> into the hole <laughs> in downtown Pittsburgh. I kind of suspected that's where it was going. I kind of, I, I had a sneaking suspicion. Yeah, I just wanted to do something that would establish him in, in the in the region, you know, because the story <laughs> is regional. So yeah, very much so. Like, you know, for what I have, for what I had planned of like kind of where things, why things happen and stuff like that. So yeah, I'm um, just trying to take regional um, news and apply it to my my story. So, <laughs> and I may have gotten that from reading, you know, American Jesus. I may have gotten that little clue that, uh, you know, that's a good nice. way to pull, you know, pull something from the headlines. It's yeah. pretty much why I did the, uh, you know, uh, Kaiju Kitty goes into a, a cat hoarder house um, because, you know, you watch the news around here and there's like, oh, there's a woman that had 37 cats. Right. Oh, there's, yeah, that, that's, that's a given. And they're pulling them out of here, you know, so I wanted it something that's relevant to a cat, but also relevant to, us you know yeah so <laughs> into this area <laughs> nice so there you go cool a little review from the uh the creator <laughs> <laughs> one of my fa- favorite creators aside from scott <laughs> is uh is uh, artist mike allred and oh, yeah. he I had no idea this book was coming out. It's a, I guess it's a new, it's a mini series uh, from dark horse called X-ray robot. I will buy just about anything that Mike Allred draws. Yeah. Uh, he was, he's also credited as the writer and his wife, Laura, who's a professional colorist, obviously is the colorist. Yeah. You know, if, if, if you're at all familiar with uh, Mike Allred's uh, work, both, um, you know, his, his writing and his art, he, you know, he does a very pop style, like, and, um, a very, uh, retro, lots of colors, like kind of, uh, when this, this looks like a, like a straight up, this is like a straight up sci-fi action adventure type of, uh, story. Although the first issue doesn't give you a lot. I mean, it, it, it sets everything up, but you're not exactly sure where you're going. For the, for me, a lot of the a lot of the fun is looking at the art and trying to and and just going along for the ride. It's this uh, scientist who's working at like this think tank, uh, and they are experimenting with uh, multiple t- like uh, trying to tra- uh, travel to different dimensions, and they're doing so. They've created this robot who is going to be kind of their, you know, th- it, they're going to send this robot through a rift that they create to other dimensions to explore, to bring back information and data as a result of their experiments, 
it it basically like their their dimensions kind of flip it, it's almost like a alternate dimensions start happening like his wife and children are there to to watch the experiment and then and like something happens like there's a shift and the next thing you know his wife is now the wife of the company CEO and he is married to his lab assistant. So there's, you know, and it, but then it flips back and he's not sure why, you know, what's going on and it's kind of trippy. And then at some point you realize like he gets pulled into the rift with the robot and they sort of merge into one being it's, it's insane. It's, but, but it's also, it's beautiful. Uh, like I said, like Mike Allred stuff is just, I'll look at his art all day. Sometimes his writing gets a little dense. It's almost like sometimes he, I feel like he's writing and hoping to find his way out. Oh yeah. <laughs> like kind of hoping to find the answer to the, or the end of the story. Um, but I don't care. But again, like this was just the first issue. I don't know. It, it, it says this is a mini series, but it doesn't say how many issues I'll keep getting every, you know, each and every issue because I'm a fan. If it's one thing like Mike Allred does really well, it's like, this kind of like pop art, sci-fi retro looking scientists and space explorers with fins on their heads. And Oh yeah. Like, you know, a uh, fishbowl astronaut helmets and robots and, you know, it's just, just great stuff. Yeah. So uh, that, that's from, uh, I don't know if I said it, it's from dark horse comics. So if you're a, if, if you're a fan of Mike Allred, that, that may have slipped beneath your radar. It definitely slipped beneath my radar. I didn't, I didn't notice it until I just, I just happened to be going through the, the, you know, that, that particular week's new releases. I think it came out on March 18th, but um, you know, so I was lucky enough to, see it. And at first I thought it was just a cover he did, but then when I looked closely at it, I was like, Oh snap, he, this is a new book from Mike Allred. So I'm going oh, nice. to buy it. Actually, I'm looking at the cover now and he's got Nate Picos, uh, for the lettering. Oh, okay. Lambot. There you go. Yeah. The guy that created Lambot. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So I, I know, uh, I don't know if I, I was, Hoping to talk to Jared about it. I don't know if Jared saw it. I know he's a, he's also a fan of Mike Allred. So I, uh, I actually gifted him uh, the Dick Tracy comic that oh, Mike nice. Allred did. Yeah, nice. <laughs> very cool. <laughs> At his uh, birthday. <laughs> Speaking of, uh, you know, fan fav- like favorite artists mm-hmm. and creators, um, I have the new issue of Five Years from Terry Moore. Uh, that I just read and it's awesome. But again, you know, keep it on theme. Um, the whole five years concept is basically, uh, five years before the world ends. So, Oh, right. Hence the title. That's why it's five years. Um, <laughs> and it, it's, it's a little confusing. I think you need to be a long time reader of, uh, of his work to really get, what's going on in this book as far as the large story. Yeah. Um, the, the hydrogen collider stuff and, you know, basically, basically you have to be, you have to be around for his stuff for a while. 
to to really to really enjoy um you know the depth that he's going for mm-hmm. um that said like you could pick this book up and enjoy it just for the visual sequences that he does in every issue um you don't have to know the story you can just pick you know pick up issue eight and you can just open it up and, and just follow along because it's so um it's more i want to say demonstrative but it's basically you know let's follow this character and see what they do you know like i'm like i said um before i forget if we're on the air or not but if uh but uh, i'm a big fan of uh better call saul and the show sometimes the show will spend 15 minutes on you know the, on them putting their plan together you know and what they're going to do and then when they hatch it you're like oh this is amazing um terry moore does the same thing with his panels he he will spend the time um to show you everything that this person's doing. Like, so, you know, but, um, so it's all quiet panels too. Like you're going through this book and you're like, there's nothing to read, but it's, but you have to observe everything to get, you know, to get what he is selling you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, there's also a heavy, uh, you know, again, this is all written from, uh, you know, from different points of view, like, uh, Lilith, you know, the original, you know, the fabled, uh, original woman, you know, apart from Adam and Eve, right. Um, it's a character in this book. So, you know, this is the guy that did strangers in paradise where it was basically, you know, about these two women that were, you know, that, that fell in love. This is in the same universe. There is also this, you know, um, ancient God named Lilith that lives still and is working towards ending everything, <laughs> mm. you know, and she basically uh, kind of lets man, mankind do it to themselves. You know, she doesn't really, you know, that's kind of the greater story, I guess, but, uh, but it's a, it's a crazy book. Um, and I just found out it's only 10 issues, so I can hardly wait to see Oh, okay. going to wrap this up in two more issues right. unless it's going to, I have a feeling that it might end in, uh, you know, with another, um, number one, I think it might just keep going. I think he's just going to be like, okay, well the five years concept thing is over. And then that, now this happens is my guess. So, but I, I honestly, I don't know how they're going to get out of it at this point. Um, last issue, Ketchu was in it and she was pushed out of a five story window. Oh boy. Uh, oh boy. Seemingly yeah. to her death. But she, you know, she fell in a snowbank. And David from the original Strangers in Paradise, who died in that book, appears to her as a ghost and tells her to get up and run because the assassin that pushed her out is coming to get her and finish her off. So like these concepts are like amazing, like that he's doing this and he does it in such a way that it's, it's, it's so real to mm-hmm. these characters. And, and yet, like we said before, it's fantastical, you know, like he, but he finds a way for, um, 
you know, reality and, uh, you know, and the fantastical to, to meet up. Yeah. So cool. Um, yeah, it's good stuff. But yeah, like I say, if you, if you, if you want to just look at it for the, you know, for the pretty, the, the sequences and the amazing art, I mean, it's, it's all there, but if you're like looking for like a meaty story, you can also get that too. So pretty book. <laughs> and good job, Terry Moore. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I remember when you first, when you talked about the first issue and I, I totally forgotten that that was still coming out. So yeah. That's, that's this cool. was in the pile. Like I say, this was in the pile and I was like, I can't believe I didn't read this new issue. You know, I think it's <laughs> uh, maybe only a couple weeks old, so I don't feel too bad, but yeah. um, <laughs> I'm like, how oh, did I overlook this? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, the last thing I have to talk about, and this was, a uh, this is more for a, just a quick review for our, uh, for fan of the show, Tom Cook. I, uh, a couple weeks ago or maybe a week ago, I had, I had posted on our social media, some, you know, various comics that I'd be reading during the, uh, staycation apocalypse. And one of them was, uh, a three issue limited series from a few years back, uh, Grendel versus the shadow co-published by dark horse comics and dynamite entertainment. Grendel being a property by of dark horse and the shadow being a property of dynamite. It was the, uh, the three issues was, uh, or the series was written and drawn by Matt Wagner. Uh, and who is, you know, no stranger to, you know, well, Grendel was his creation and he's no stranger to pulp stories or noir stories. Like you'd find the shadow in what's interesting was, you know, you think if, if, if you know these two characters, you know that the shadow existed in the 1930s and Grendel, the original Grendel, the character's name was a uh, Hunter, uh, Hunter Rose existed in the modern day. So you think, well, how do you get these two guys together? And in the modern day, Hunter Rose, who's the, he, he's a, he's a, like a criminal mastermind. He's, he's this brilliant criminal genius uh kingpin you know he's wealthy and he wants for nothing and he enjoys only the finer things in life but he also enjoys putting on this costume and carrying around this bladed staff and he's like the world's deadliest assassin (laughs) and he uh he accumulates rare items uh just to have them um he gets this artifact that was dredged up from the ocean and it, it was just, it had this uh, scroll in it and he read the the, wor- the words on the scroll. Next thing you know, he is transported back in time to the night to New York of the 1930s. He was in, he was in New York in modern day. So he gets transported back to the 1930s. And, you know, this is a, a time during, you know, organized crime and prohibition. And it, it doesn't take him very long to orient himself and decide, you know what? I'm a man from the future. I'm already a criminal. I've got a certain set of skills. I'm going to run the place. (laughs) So he immediately uh, starts accumulating wealth and taking on these crime families and, uh, and basically killing other crime bosses and taking over. And 
simultaneously, you've got the shadow who, you know, goes after organized crime. And so eventually, you know, these two characters run into each other. I mean, it's, it's inevitable and they are both, you know, these cold calculating characters and, um, you know, it's just a, just a great three issue story. Um, just a lot of fun. I mean, Matt Wagner, I mean, he's a, he's a great storyteller and, you know, for just about any era, but when he tells a, like a pulp story or like, you know, a, a noir story set, you know, in the past, I mean, it's just, it's like, he really excels at that kind of stuff. Yeah. This was a, these were three issues that I found on the cheap at half price books. I'm sure this book, like these three issues are collected into a book. Probably if you try hard enough, or if you happen to be, you know, if you're a dollar diver or, you know, I'm sure you can find them somewhere in a dollar box or a quarter box. They're like uh, those, like that prestige format where they're, they're kind of like that square bound, like those square spines. You know what I mean? So they're a little thicker than a normal issue, but not that much thicker. Full color. Yeah. It's just a lot of, it's just, just a fun, fun diversion because at the end, you know, things sort of go back to the way they are. Grendel even wonders like, was it all a dream? Did it really happen? Et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. It's just a, just a fun side story. So, uh, Tom, if you are interested, you know, it's actually Tom message, message us your address. I will send them to you. Wow, nice. <laughs> if you want to read them, <laughs> send me your address, you know, message comic book pit, either, uh, you know, through Facebook messenger, um, Instagram, Twitter, um, send us an email, comicbookpit at gmail.com. Send me your address. I will send you these three issues free of charge. It's my gift to you. We should all be sharing more comics anyways. So, and, and it, what's funny is once I started reading this, I realized that I had read this story before. Like, I think I probably bought it when it first came out and either again, like traded it away, gave it away at a swap sold it as part of a collection, sold it on eBay, who knows what. But I definitely read this before because I, I immediately, I'm like, oh, okay, I know this. I read this, but I'll read it again. It's it's a great story. So, Tom, send me your address. I will send you these books. So, and that's it. That's all I got. All right. Yeah, I'm actually done too. Um, I got a dumb funny thing to tell you about since you were talking about all the Toms, <laughs> you know, but speaking of Tom, but Tom, have you noticed uh, Tom King and Tom Taylor's Twitters? <laughs> Apparently no. there's, a, there's some crossover confusion about who created what. So they actually have the same profile picture now. <laughs> <laughs> That's and they've funny. been, you know, kind of having fun at the uh, the audience's expense. You know, as far as like who who wrote what and kind oh, of picking. Funny. Yeah, if you haven't checked out the uh, Tom King and Tom Taylor's Twitter, okay. it's it's amusing. I will so, definitely check that out. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, anything else? Uh, anything else you got? You start wrapping um, it up. Um, I would say everybody check out you know Seven by Seven Comics, especially starting April thirteenth. Um, you can actually read it this week. We're doing a season three 
rollout this week. So everything that we've done over the past couple, you know, two months is you can read it all all at once now. So nice. that's kind of what's rolling out this week, and then the new season starts in April, April thirteenth. Okay, and that won't be canceled for you know, you know, for other reasons. <laughs> it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, that's something like, and that's something we didn't really get a chance to talk about. And I feel like that that could almost be its own episode. But a lot of things are happening in the comic book industry now. A lot oh, of sh- stores are shutting down. Uh, Diamond distributors, Diamond Comics is shutting down. So if there's any way that you can find a, a way to support your local comic shop, definitely do so because you know every everybody's hurting. You know. Yeah, and I just saw that too um, today, and I really haven't gotten to dig into it. But basically, a lot of the smaller publishers are offering a uh, money money back to your local comic shop. Um, so if you buy direct from them, include what shop you would have normally bought that book at, and they will send them the money. You know, they're sending them part of yeah. the money, and it's sort of like how the the smaller you know, they're just trying to support, you know, their comic shops because, you know, it's it could, if this went on long enough, you know, we could be, you know, without comics at all, except for the ones that I, you know, that, that you or I would make. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. No, and I, I, I did read that. I think um, Diamond, well, there as, as of, I forget what date, but like the, actually, I think it was it this, is it this week or was it last week where it was, that was the last of the new comics. Yeah. I, I believe that there is a part of diamond comics that they're still able to do reorders. So, you know, they can still get some, yeah, books, that's whole, just won't be new books. And that's, that's something else who knows how it all shake out, but basically diamond is a distributor and not a printer. Yeah. Um, you know, and the printing shops aren't closed as far as I know, like if I guess For if now. they're according to Barry and a couple and Sean, if, if it's relevant documentation that they're printing, then they're not, then they're considered a necessity. Right. That said, I don't know what these printing shops are. You know, like I think they're probably up in Canada or somewhere where they print comic books. Who knows what their deal is? Yeah. yeah there's, there's a lot of, so. there's a lot of moving parts here because you, you have to take into consideration that every, every business, every company that is part of the, the industry of, printing like making printing and distributing comics i mean everyone has to take care of themselves everyone you know has to at at some point you know some of these companies may not be able to operate if people are self-isolating it you know it really it it really is going to come down to what's important you know like like you said like what's you know the, the, the 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 phrase we see a lot these days is life sustaining like yeah. If you are a life-sustaining business or organization, then sure you you know you're going to keep operating. Yes, yeah, so it's it's really been hard on a lot of uh, on on a lot of industries. The comic book industry is is certainly no stranger to it. So, like I said, if there's any way that you can um, you can think of to help your local comic shop, or you know, if there's a creator that you're a fan of, you know, ask if you can. There's something you can, you know, buy online from them. If you can get a commission, if you can order something from them, a t-shirt or whatever, you know, if you can, if you can swing it, because like I said, everybody is, uh, 
you know, a lot of people are, are, are without jobs now, which means, you know, without income, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be tough for a while, but I think, you know, we'll, we'll make it. Yeah. It's a count your blessings kind of time. So, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so on that happy note, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think we will, uh, go ahead and close this episode up, but not permanently. We'll be back next week. So this has been episode, uh, it's been comic book pit episode 345. I'm Dan. I'm Scott. And we will see you next time. And wash your hands. That's right. Wash your hands. (laughs) Stay safe. Stay home. (laughs) Good night.